Hello there. On today's episode of The Voice Box, I will be answering questions sent in by you. Because of this, this episode will be shorter than normal. So, without further ado, let's get to it. Question 1. How did you get into voice acting? Well, I guess to answer that question is I've always been a fan of, like, cartoons and things like that as a kid. And I just remember, like, the joy I got going, waking up Saturday morning and just turning on the television before my parents got up and just, you know, enjoying it, you know, being a kid. Mostly because growing up, I didn't really have a lot of uh, instances where I could be a kid. So those are like one of the few moments where I could. So as I got older, I remember, I mean, even to this day, I still watch cartoons and things like that. Um, But I just remember like the joy they bring me. And... I've always wanted to be, I guess, part of something bigger. So why don't I become a voice actor? You know, be part of these cartoons or narrators or video game characters. So that way, maybe I could bring the same joy to someone else as it was given to me. So, next question. What gave you that spark? I'm going to assume that spark of, I want to do it, I gotta do it. Um, so, as I got older, I, um, I guess part of me, quote-unquote, grew up and tried to find a real job. So, I did just about what everyone did. I went to college, or started going to college. And try to get a um, a reasonable, respectable degree, and trying to find a and build a career on it. Of course, I did I did this a bit later um, after spending six years in India. Yeah, because as I pointed out in, in the previous podcast, uh, Mississippi is not really the best place to grow up in, especially if you don't fit their mold of what is normal. So, I was definitely, I was very different, always. Um, I mean, even when I went to school, when I went to university for the first time, I went to go get a degree as a Ayurvedic consultant. And, I mean, even that in, at least in the U.S., I mean, it's not like, it's not like a doctor, it's not really recognized as a viable form of medicine. Um, In fact, I could only probably practice freely in seven states. Um, The rest, I would either, either it's not allowed or I have to be under a doctor. Which I guess in this day and age is understandable. Um, The way like pharmaceutical companies and health insurance companies 
fight to like well to protect their profits because a healthy person doesn't make them any money but a sick person does so as I was going through school doing this degree um I was okay with it I mean I wasn't like ecstatic or anything like that but you know I was helping people so I was like okay that I was trying to convince myself that that's what I wanted that's like you know it's something I'll have to deal with and be happy with. So I had just ended my uh, sophomore year of university. And I decided, because it was a pretty rough year, I was taking like two, three jobs. And it's like, you know, I need some time for myself before I, I burn myself out. So I went and took a trip to Baltimore where they were having a convention. So I drove out I drove out there, had a great time. Um, but at this convention they had panels on voice acting and you know, more details about the industry. So I thought, you know what, I'm here and let's enjoy myself, you know, for the kicks and giggles. And one of the panels had a agent for voice actors and you know he gave his whole spiel about oh what's it like to work in the industry and what they look for um so one of the questions that was asked obviously was what do you look for when you when a when a actor comes actor or actresses comes up and says Hey, I want to join your uh, company. And he says something that really kind of like struck the core with me. He said, you don't have to do a thousand funny voices. You just have to act. You have to become that character. And I remember even to this day, I mean, that was over a year ago. I remember, and it all just like clicked for me. It's like, oh, wait, I could do that. I could, you know, because you can get acting lessons and things like that. And so I was like, I can do that. So, as soon as I got back home, I started researching, looking into it, what equipment, what I need to do, how to practice. And right now, I am looking at a university back in Reno to see if I can get into their theater program because they have um, a theater with a specialization with acting. Next question. What kind of voice acting projects have you done? Uh, well, I haven't done that very many. Um, I have done one. Um as part of a school project. So when I came back from this convention, um, I completely changed my major. Um, well, I didn't really change it. I decided to be to double major because I was so far along on my um, first major that I only had like two classes left. So I'm thinking, you know, let's go ahead and finish it and then just we'll just tack this other major on. 
um, which focuses more on media creation. So, at the very least, I do, I got some great knowledge, and double major will look good on the resume. So, I took on the school's uh, media and communications major, and one of the classes I took was uh, sound design. And what that class is about is that we take a five minute, it's a project based class, so we take a five minute clip of any movie or TV show, restrip all the sound from it, and then we replace it with our own. So we went in there, we did the Foley, uh, the Foley sounds, so that's pretty much anything that the actor does. Um, walks on the floor, picks up ranch, opens the door, closes the door, all that. We put that in there. But then there was another section, a part of the project, where we had to voice act. And so I was like, you know what, this would be good for me to see, is like, do I really want to do this, or is this just some another uh, passion fling? So I went there, I got my clip, and they ha it had about 10 characters on screen. And I went back and I did every single one. And I remember just sitting in that hot recording studio, sweating, throat dry, just... Normally, probably I would have been miserable, but I was having fun. I remember, like, I enjoyed doing this. And so that right there, it kind of, like, lit the fire under me even more. It's like, okay, it's really time to take this serious. Let's go all in. Um, I started by looking into mics. I bought a mic. I talked to the professor. Hey, what kind of foam I need to get to soundproof or at least minimize sound in the room so I could turn it into a studio. Um, yeah, so I guess that answers the other question, too. Okay, last question. Is there anyone you looked look up to in the industry? Um yeah, actually there's actually it, my kind of like new standing uh dream would be to work on a project with one two voice actor actors and actresses. Uh one of them is Mark Hamill and the other is Tara Strong. Why those two in particular? Um, well, with Mark Hamill, it's um, I just didn't realize how like how many voices like he did. Um, like for the longest, I mean, I've always knew him as I always knew him as Luke Skywalker. Um, I think I remember watching one movie where he was also an actor, and can't remember what it was, but. But I heard a lot of, like, a lot of my childhood, he was in a lot of those cartoons. So, particularly the Joker. Um, so, I was like, you know, it will be fantastic if I, if I could work with him. And it, it's similar with Tara Strong. Um, I think uh, the part that really, of hers that really struck with me is when she played Raven in the Teen Titans um, the early 2003 version. Not this new Teen Titans Go 
stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean these these two, at least to me, they're powerhouses. I mean they like just the range that they can do. Um, like Mark Hamill, he there's a I think a cartoon called The Regular Show where he give a he gave, gives a lot of characters a voice. Um and with Tara Strong it's just just the range of characters that she can do. Like she could do like this really raspy low raven thing. But she also did Prim and Puppy Bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls. So it's like it's like I want to be like them. I want to I want I guess I'm trying to aspire to be like them. Um But yeah, I would just to me, I would just love to work with at least one of them, if not both of them. Separate projects together doesn't matter. I mean, I just would just love the chance to work with them. Um, yeah, let's see what time. Okay, I think I have time for one or two questions. Alright, so next question is, what kind of challenges have you faced while doing voice acting work? Uh, well, so far, um, it's mostly like setting up the studio. Because again, I mean, you don't want to get like the cheapest stuff. But again, I'm just starting out and I'm a student. So budget's a huge thing. So going out and... Oops, sorry about that. So where was I? Right. Okay, yeah. So going out and finding the right equipment within my budget that can give decent quality um, like the mic. The mic is definitely one of the things where it's like you don't want to um, cheap out on but then again to get like a fairly decent mic you would have to fork over a bit of cash. So thankfully one of the when I was at the convention one of the panels I talked about it people who do this stuff for online mostly and what they suggest like to start off was to get a blue mic like so like a blue snowball blue yeti um but the biggest thing they point they stressed out is just start doing it don't worry too much about the quality at first because no matter what it's always going to be crap which to me as a perfectionist is not an option so I think fighting with myself is like, look, yes, do the best you can, but realize that it's not going to be perfect. Especially since I don't really have a decent studio space. Um, but again, I took that and then I talked to my uh, sound professor uh, about these issues, and let's see if I can't look up what he right. So I talked to my professor, and 
you know, because foam. Because one of the things you have to give with a mic is a pop filter. It really helps with the, the popping of the P's and the really sharp uh, breath. So he suggested to get a, and I'm probably going to butcher this, a Kayata, Kayota eyeball. It's expensive, but it covers the whole mic. It comes with a pop filter, and it helps muffle any outs any unnecessary outside. Um, obviously, I'm not using my mic setup. I've just moved in moved into a new place, so I'm still in the process of setting up my studio. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I that's pretty much my biggest challenges are so far. Uh, I think my next one that I foresee is sitting down, finding time, and finding projects to work on. Um, so I think, for me, the next step will be um, voice act. Uh, not voice act. <laughs> That's later. Um, but um, reading uh, fan fictions. Because with that, you can record it, and with the author's permission, by the way, um, post post on YouTube. That way, at least I have my name starting to go out there, start getting people to know me, and that, I hope, later down will help give me jobs. Or at least fan projects to get more experience and to grow from there. Um, Alright, so last question. Do you see yourself doing this for a living? Why or why not? Um, for sure, I do for sure. I definitely do see myself doing this for a living. Um, a, I enjoy it. And B, it could be very lucrative. That's not to say that I'm doing this for the money. Um, because the thing is, if you're doing this for the money, then you might as well just turn around now. Because you're just going to burn yourself out way too quickly because your focus is on trying to make as much money as you can. And just like any industry that is in the art world, I mean, if any of you guys are out there or like actors and actresses, you can attest to this. You're going to get denied a lot. And it could be, you might take it personal and say, oh, it's, they don't like me, I'm not good enough or anything like that. Um, with this industry, you have to keep aware that that's most likely that's not the case. When they audition people, they're looking for a certain voice, a certain voice to match this character that they have. So maybe you just didn't fit that character. But who knows? Maybe they have another character that's like, you know what, we don't like your voice for this character, but why don't you do this character instead? Give that a try. And if not, then at least they know who you are. So that way, next time you come in, you'll say, hey, I remember you. You tried out for so-and-so. I say, yep. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of denials. And for to answer the question again, um, I definitely do see myself doing this for a living because A, I enjoy it. And that's about it. I mean, 
I can't remember who's t who told me this, but it was, um, right. They said, find something that you enjoy doing, and if you do so, you never have to work a day in your life. Because then, you're not seeing it as a work. You're not seeing it as a job. It's something that you're, <laughs> that you love to do, so you don't think about it. Um, so, yep, that'll be it for this episode. Um, be sure to subscribe. Um, so that ends this today's episode. Um, be sure to subscribe and whatnot. Um, soon I will have a Patreon link, and then, so if you guys want to donate in any form or way, I'll have that up. I'm also looking to other monetization ways, in case you guys are not into Patreon, I'm looking into other websites. Um, I will continue to post this on Spotify, Apple, wherever I can find a put on podcast um i'm still kind of in the process of building up a schedule so that way the content is more like on point it's there every other week um i'm also thinking of doing a separate podcast where i talk about like world events like stuff that's going on today um i think that that's what we need right now uh, we need to be discussing things, but in like in a neutral kind of way, um, because the way I, the way I see things is like if you're on one side or the other, and if you're on one side, then the other side's evil, or just you know completely shut down the conversation. And to me, that's just polarizing everyone. And you know, everyone wants to be on the right side of history. But in their zealous to do so, you're shutting down the key part, and that's discussion, debate, compromise. Everyone has everyone's so stuck on their tribalism and it's and as we see it's tearing this country apart. Um, that's not to say that, you know, the issues that are coming up are not important. No, they're important. They need to be discussed. But I think the the issue is is the way they're being discussed. Um, I mean, I know not all of us can be Gundy, but we have to find a way to peacefully discuss, hey, this is what's going on. We need to fix it. Um, but... Because the moment we flip to violence, then the other side wins. The, the real enemy wins. And so that's what I'm hoping this next this other podcast will do, is to help educate. It's like, look, left, right, white, black, these are just titles or just um, 
yeah, titles that the people that people put on each other that they put on everyone to separate us all. Because divided, they can conquer us. They can do whatever they want. But together, once because once we realize, wait, I'm human, you're human, you're suffering just the same as I'm suffering, then you then we'll start to realize who's causing everyone's suffering. I mean, it's not the the Mexicans coming from the border. It's not their fault that all of our jobs are gone. It's not the black folks' fault that drugs are in the streets. Sorry, this is just... Oh. Yeah. But it happened... It... Yeah. To get to the point I was saying, sorry, this is a bit heavy. I didn't expect to get into this now. Um, but, mm, because all this stuff, all these labels, they're just used to distract everyone. Because they want us all divided. Because while we're divided at each other's throats, they can do whatever we, whatever they want. I mean, just look at look at what's going on in the politics now. For example, the Democrats, they said, oh, we're the resistance. We're resisting Trump. But who has passed every nomination that, he, that Trump put forward for every seat of his cabinet? Who has granted this man, this president all the money he wanted? I mean, he asked for... I can't remember the exact numbers, but he asked for pretty much another military budget increase. They gave him more than what he asked for. That's not the resistance. That's the assistance. So once we start waking up and I'm seeing that now we're starting to see it the real enemy is not your neighbor it's not the immigrants it's the people up top it's the wealthy it's always been them anyway so I mean that's kind of what I wish to discuss in this other podcast to keep it separate from this because this podcast I want to keep you know, open, lively, a place where people can come and just find some inspiration. If not in voice acting, then maybe some other artistic thing you want to do. Um, so, yeah, this ends this episode of The Voice Box. Uh, I will see you next time. Stay tuned for more episodes.